I mean, Neil, for me, like as a business person, if my company's under attack, I want a guy who's used to not getting sleep and just making sure <laughs> that, that the business stays up. Then some guy who wants to go to the pub at seven o'clock or, I mean, it's yes. the UK, so let's say five o'clock. I want to go home at five, <laughs> go to the pub. You know, I want a guy who's used to, and I mean, I don't want to make light of it, but just think about it. If your business is under attack, you want someone who can handle the situation. I think people forget that every person on earth has a valuable contribution to make. It doesn't matter where you're from or who you are, you're unique. And I think you need to highlight what's unique about you. Make the most of who you are and highlight what you get at. Um, and I think, you know, young, I think when you start out, a lot of younger people might be feeling, well, I don't have the experience. But you know what? I think, Neil, you and I would give up the experience if we could go back to being young again. Because that, you know, you've got the energy, you've got the whole world in front of you. There's so many opportunities when you're starting out. I tell people frequently on my stream that I would kill to be in cyber right now because of all of the things that you have access to between TriHack Me, Hack the Box, INE, Range Force, the YouTube content that David himself puts out is something that none of us had. When I was when I was learning CCNA for the first time back in uh, back in the early 2000s, you know, it was ICND1 and ICND, ICND2 books, right? It was those big, thick ICND books. That was how I learned, yeah. learned my CCNA yeah. back in the day. I didn't have videos. I didn't have David's Discord. I didn't have, you know, you know, his Udemy classes, you know, for ridiculously cheap prices, right? My, my CCNA took, cost me, you know, $3,500 when I took it back in the 2000s. So I tell people frequently to be in this industry right now, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a better setup for success. Yeah, agreed. But on that note, um, you know, you mentioned something that, that I do want to talk about, which is that everybody has something awesome to contribute, because I think that 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 tailors over nice to the experience portion of some of these LinkedIn profiles. Now, the biggest thing that I see when I evaluate people's resumes and when I evaluate people's LinkedIn is they treat they treat their um they treat their resume and they treat their linkedin as just a place to drop their job descriptions right and when i say drop in their job descriptions this is a very good example of that installation and support of the metaswitch hpbx business groups focus on converting existing legacy via hpbx customers right um you know, yeah, you've worn a few hats in the company you work with other departments to support them day-to-day -day work as an escalation or technical resource I know nothing about the job role that you've put in here. I don't know what you've contributed to the company. And this is where I, I think people, again, need to take a step back from looking at these as just saying, well, this is what I, this is what my job description is. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, people who are hiring you, you know, who are familiar with Northland Communications, you know, company, you know, as an installation tech, probably know that you do some ins installs, right? But do you want to be viewed as just another installer? Or do you want to be viewed as somebody who contributes to the company? Right? When you talk about, you know, you've got two resumes or two LinkedIn profiles side by side to each other and you want to stand out. Do you want the, the, the profile that just says, yeah, I came to work and did my job every day based on my job description? Or do you want to be the person who can identify that how many installations did you do? 
how many conversions did you do in a year? What was the what was the dollar savings on those conversions? How much did that save the company on a bottom line? How much did that propel their business model forward? How did you impact the organization? What is missing from this and what I critique people on all the time, whether it's their LinkedIn profile or their resume, is you are lacking the thing that made you contribute to the organization. And and this is this is a hard truth, David. This is this is gonna be some truth bombs that we're gonna drop on your wow, show here good. right now. That's good. If you look at you going to work every day and you go, God, I don't really contribute to the organization. I never really saved anybody money. I just kind of came in and did my job day to day. That might be why you're struggling to get a job in this industry, right? If you don't actually contribute to the organization, if you don't actually go above and beyond, then you are just a mediocre employer, employee. And if somebody is looking at two resumes or two LinkedIn profiles side by side, and they're trying to decide between a mediocre employee and an employee who can demonstrate and articulate and highlight their value to the organization, they're going to pick the one that brings value to the organization. And so you really need to do some soul searching on this and you need to put in here what your value to that organization is. How much money did you save the company? How much money did you make the company? How much more efficient was the company because of what it is that you did? And you need to really try to find that data that you can put into these profiles. And I mean, there's not much data there. I mean, it's it's, it's like two two sentences. It's 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 not much. Uh, you could say a lot more. I think um, you can say a lot more. And I'm, just, I, don't 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 be stingy with what it is you have to say. I mean, it's hard to write, especially if you're not a writer. But mm -hmm. you know, you need to write with your voice and and talk about yourself. And I agree with you. At the end of the day, a business is interested in making a profit, and it's going to try and hire people that fit in with the culture of the company and that can contribute and take the company to the next level. I mean, if I want to hire someone that works for me, I don't want someone that's just going to be a weight on the business. You want someone that can actually drive it even further than we are today. It's really important that. It is. It is really important here. And if we go over to Chase's, you know, we'll give Chase the same criticism. Right, because when you look at his, you you've got you've got military experience here. You've got five years down here, you know, uh, as military experience. You've got another year and four months up here as military experience. The fact that these are too disjointed on your on your LinkedIn, I would fix that number one. But again, you spent you've spent six years in the service of our country, Chase. And when I look at your LinkedIn profile, you've got three bullet points. What is a ground? support technician you know I, 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 i'm not a military person so what, what what is that and that's and that's the problem that 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 i was going to address next which is chase has got military lingo in here right ground support technician this is something only folks in the military are going to understand if we go over here to to, to my resume and we scroll down and we look at um, you know the stuff that i put in for wow was it that far ago that i had military background right <laughs> that was this was not so so a 10 years when i was in the military for 10 years i probably had four or five different job titles right but instead of confusing my resume instead of adding a whole lot of of confusion in there we just called it network warfare and that was it right just call it network warfare because that's what people are going to see and that's what people are going to say. Okay, I know what that is because that's you know you know you know something IT related, something cybersecurity related. What I like so, about what you did there, Neil, is I actually went and looked at your profile when I met you, 
what I mean, I don't think everyone knows this, but I mean, I only recently met Neil. I didn't know much about him. So <laughs> I went and researched him and I found his, his LinkedIn profile. And then I, I was trying to find out what did he actually do? And then you had that video to that making of yeah. a cyber warrior. And I mean, not everyone's going to have that opportunity, but the point is, you know, try and teach someone who doesn't know much about military what, what you actually did. Yeah. And, and I think that, and, and this is, this is what's, what's key on profiles, right? Is, um, you know, if you are inclined to produce content, let's talk about that content production as it, as it relates to your experiences. And if you actually look across, um, I, and again, to David's point, I've been very, very fortunate to be in a lot of media appearances. Um, and, and so I link those media appearances on my, my experience on my, my LinkedIn, but that's not the only way that you can do it. And if we go back over here to Chase's, we can actually see that he has written a blog post. He's got military to cyber part one and part two here, which I think are amazing things for you to do. And I frequently tell people on stream, whether you write your own articles using LinkedIn as a platform or whether you start a blog post on medium or Wix or anything else from here, you should make content that people can see and read because to David's point, you know, vet my bona fides, you come down here, you can see what it is that we were doing and what it is that we were doing in the military, right? You can see that I, I appeared in a commercial about Carbonac when Carbonac first came out. Um, this one, unfortunately, doesn't have my Bloomberg piece up there, but, you know, but Bloomberg piece is something that I should add in here. We see that Chase has written articles on military to cybersecurity, part one and part two. And again, Chase, I hate to pick on you, but how can you write cybersecurity to military, military to cybersecurity and, and, and claim to be that you don't have any technical background yet. Don't do this to <laughs> yeah. yourself. Don't go into the imposter syndrome. Um, I, I, want so, to, I want to interrupt you, sir, Neil. One thing I just want to say is, what did you do in the military that's going to help my business? You know, highlight that. What did you do? What skills did you learn in the military that's going to help a business in, in the world today? I mean, the... I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to make a fool of myself. I can't use the military lingo and stuff. But, you know, what did you, what did you learn on the ground? What did you do in, in active service that, you know, makes you a better person in today's environment, especially in the cybersecurity environment? I mean, Neil, you were talking about when, when we had our first video, you were saying it's like a, it's war and you were going off on like all these war references. And I thought that was brilliant because that's actually what we're in. You know, people are attacking a business. How are you going to protect me? What did you learn in the military that's going to help you protect my business? Well, and I want to pick on Chase's here a little bit because a, a ground support technician, and, 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 and again, without getting, we could do a whole video on the nuances between all the different branches and, and how they do their job titles and things like this. I mean, there's, a, there's an entire video that we could do on this. And on top of that, transitioning military have it the hardest because, and again, in Chase's case, he's been in the military for, for well over six years. Um, you know, it's in his head, it's, it's brainwashed in his head to think about things like a military perspective and a ground support technician. Um, I don't want to call it a grunt, but you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not something that immediately resonates as a technical role. And I'm not, and again, I'm not advocating chase that you lie on your resume or anybody else that you lie on your LinkedIn and say that you were something that you weren't. But what you did was you, you did something right that gave you to david's point business skills you led a platoon you led a squad you um you had leadership responsibilities you had responsibilities for you know, doing something in your aor right you um 
I'm obviously using AOR. I'm speaking directly to, to my military folks here who understand what like an AOR is, but you have to start thinking, how do I take those military conversations and convert them from military over to civilian? And how do I say that even though this says ground support technician, maybe instead that's, that's, um, you know, you know, you know, you know, non-commissioned officer of, you know, of, of, of troop support, right. Or, or, you know, you know, you know, chief people person, right. For the military, right. Don't be afraid to, to experiment with titles that you have down here that highlight, to David's point, the value that you bring to an organization. You spent six years in the military. You have three bullet points. That doesn't inspire me that you did anything awesome while you, while you were serving our country. Okay, so for all the military guys, here's Go a great it. example of someone who's used his military sort of experience to make a huge success in, in the civilian world. Go and have a look at Jacko's books. I mean, this, this is only one of them called Extreme Ownership. Fantastic book. And there are a whole, he's got a whole range of these books. And he, all he does in these books is he takes all his military um, stories and he talks about leadership as an example. He talks about ownership. There's a whole bunch of stuff in books like this where, and that's what I'm saying, you know, if you're in the military, what did you learn? Like leadership. They don't necessarily teach leadership in schools like you might learn in the military. I mean, Jacko does this whole thing about, you know, a military person in leadership is not just dealing with losing money, they're losing lives if they make mistakes. That puts you under tremendous pressure. So those kind of skills, you know, if I'm in business and I know that you've got lots of leadership um, experience, that's a big bonus. And I mean, go and have a look at this guy because I mean, I can't speak to it, um, Neil. I'm not yeah. a military guy, well, but I mean, he no, uses lots of good examples. You make you make excellent points, David, and and I, I want to echo them because David's right. Whether he David's got military experience or not, his points are valid. If we were to simply look at at the experience that's here, six years in to David's point, a leadership role. Even if you were, you know, you know, mid level leadership. Even if you were, you know, you know, you know, what we would consider a mid management on the outside. You know, you may be thinking in your head, "Well, I'm going to get out of the military." And so I'm going to have to take like a junior pen tester role, or I'm going to have to take like a sock analyst one, right? Or something very, very entry level. But that's, again, that's your imposter syndrome kicking up. You've got six years of leadership experience. You could easily take that and you could say, I'm ready to be a manager. What about right? working now, under pressure? Not, working under pressure. I mean, it's, it's working under pressure, right? Yeah. 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 The detail to writing reports, the detail to report, you know, to to giving presentations to officers. Right. You know, generals. Right. Depending on what you were doing. Those are all things that are valuable skills. Those are those soft skills that we talk about that, you know, and, and, and again, not to pick on Brian too much, but Brian probably didn't get a chance to get a lot of those skills. In, in doing these types of roles for, for, for Northland Communications Company, that doesn't make him any any less qualified, but you have something that even though, you know, Brian has almost five years of technical experience, you have five plus years of leadership experience that I think puts you on a playing field that's vastly different than somebody, you know, who's got five years of technical experience. I mean, Neil, for me, like as a business person, if my company's under attack, I want a guy who's used to not getting sleep and just making sure <laughs> that, that the business stays up. Then some guy who wants to go to the pub at seven o'clock 
Or, I mean, it's yes. the UK, so let's say five o'clock. I want to go home <laughs> at five, go to the pub. You know, I want a guy who's used to, and I mean, I don't want to make light of it, but just think about it. If your business is under attack, you want someone who can handle the situation, just from a business point of view. And I mean, I'll go, like, if we go to Brian's um, uh, LinkedIn profile, I would, I would say what he hasn't done there, to your point, is you don't see his leadership, but maybe he did do leadership stuff. Maybe he spoke to customers. Like if you're presenting a solution to a customer, you should highlight that because mm-hmm. presentation skills are important. If I'm a business person, the last thing I want is someone who's who's good just technical with technical skills, but I can't put them in front of a customer because I'm going to lose my customer. You yeah, know, you absolutely. should highlight that kind of stuff as well if you've done that. Have you presented? Have you done like uh, quotes, stuff like that? Highlight all the stuff that you've done rather than just specific things. And you and I are going on high horses here, but I mean, carry on. <laughs> it is it is true. And, and because, I mean, and, and here's the reason why, Here, I, I'm not going to speak for David, but I think David shares this opinion, right, is, you know, we want you to succeed, yeah. right? And we yeah. want, we believe in you, we believe in you, and that's why we want you to succeed. You know, and, and to David's point, right, about highlighting stuff, this is this is exactly what I'm talking about over, you know, if we go back to the non-military examples, service technician. This doesn't inspire, you know, a whole lot of like, like, I'm the man for you, I'm the woman for you, I'm the person for you, for your company, because, you know, you're not, you're not even taking pride in what it was that you were doing from a job description. Service technician, think about this for a second. I can read this and know that this has to do with telephone switches, right? Because I'm in the tech tech space. But do you realize that the service technician title is the same one that they use for auto mechanics? So think about that. Good point, good point. Do you want to be associated in your resume, even though you do far more, you know, arguably more sophisticated technological work, you know, in telephone switches than an auto mechanic? Do you want that to be what people see when they see that you're a service technician? They so, go, oh, so I'm going to be practical. What would you tell what, what would you tell Brian to change that to? You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of um, and again, I'm, I'm going to have to infer because Brian didn't give me a whole lot of details in here. Right. But what's what's wrong with lead? telephony expert right or or senior telephony expert i mean even if you use technician at the end but not service yeah. technician telephony yeah, not technician service. telephony technician exactly don't make the mistake that this has to match with what your job title is inside of your company right because you know that's not necessarily what the rest of the industry, the rest of the industry may not have those exact same terminologies that you're using inside your company. And so you need to think about this from an outward appearance. What do you want the rest of the world to see when they look at your profile? I mean, don't lie, but- um, Don't lie. There's, you know, it's the whole thing in sales. People who are good at sales know how to take a product and make it look really good. Where someone who's mm-hmm. very bad at sales is gonna take that same product and make it look very bad you know, shine a light on your, on your, um, your skills, shine a light on, on the stuff that you're good at. You know, what are you really good at? And, and put it in the best possible light that you can. Yeah. And, and again, to David's point, we're absolutely not advocating for lying, right? I, I'm not saying put CISO and put chief Techno- technology officer in here. Don't do that. Right. But if you put, you know, and again, I, I, we can make some assumptions, right? you you were three years here, you were here, year installation technician, you probably have some you may or may not necessarily have some some seniority in the organization, but if you have some seniority in the organization, if you if you're considered a leader 
even if you don't have a leader title, if people view you as a leader, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, lead telephony installation technician, right? Or lead telephony, you know, you know, technician, senior telephony technician, right? Give yourself the credit that you 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 deserve for your time and service and your time and grade and your 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 intrinsic role inside of an organization. It's really difficult to help because there's not enough information. Um, yeah. You, like there's one sentence yeah. or, you know, service technician. I can't actually see what you've done there. So, you know, it's right extra rather than less, I would say. Absolutely. Um, so so moving on down, scrolling it down, um, education, I think, is, um, uh, you know, another one of those that I think you could treat the exact same as uh, uh, the, the experience that you've got up here at the top. You know, you know, you talk about studying Windows, Cisco switches, things like this. I, I would put in here, you know, again, I would just highlight what it is that you want people to take away from the studies that you had. Um, you know, even if it's a non-cyber degree, and I know that you get this question a lot, David, from people who have non-cyber degrees, put in there the value that you bring to the organization from your studies. Now, if you've got a degree in music, then then obviously, you know, then that may be a little bit harder to, to, to extrapolate that value, but I would encourage you to focus on the other things that you took as part of those courses. Did you take some business management courses? Did you take some accounting courses? You know, what was your minor at, right? Excuse me, you know, focus on what those values were that you bring in there. Um, I do like to see that Brian has his licenses and certifications in here. Um, I'm a huge fan of adding these in here. I'm a huge fan of adding volunteer experience.